and welcome to episode 37 of the Salatcast for this season with myself, Glyn Price, and I'm joined as usual by Ollie Warner, and we also have a new guest this week, don't we Ollie? And this time, via the magic of Skype for the first time. Yep, so there's three of us, not just myself, finding into your um, um, your lounge mm. this week. Um, so yeah, so it was, um, yeah, obviously a big game on the weekend. Kenneth from Sweden came over, if, um, who's listened to the podcast all the time, so it's a shame Kenneth didn't get to see a yeah. win, um, but he did get to see a goal at least, though actually an own goal, which was quite funny. Um, so yeah, so let's let Matt um, introduce himself. So Matt, so yeah, when did you start um, following Shrewsbury? Like, who's your kind of favourite player over the area? And then um, where do you sit at the Meadow? Um, so first of all, hello. Um, so my name's Matt. Um, I'm a season ticket holder in Block Nine in the safe standing section, and my favourite player probably of all time would probably have to be Ryan Woods. Uh, I just thought he was uh, absolutely superb. You know, even when he started it right back, um, and then obviously gradually got moved into his natural position. Uh, mm. I just thought he was superb. Yeah, he's a class player. How, how, how interesting, man. How old are you, just so I get my references during this podcast, correct? Uh, I'm 24. Oh, okay, you're young then. Okay, so you do know Jermaine Grandison, <laughs> but you know I won't mention Dwayne Darby. That's fine. We're probably in that wheelhouse, yeah. aren't we? So, yeah, we go. I, I can get my references right, Ollie. But, yeah, it's, it's, it's actually interesting to have another um, guest on the podcast that hasn't actually had to come to my house, Ollie, which is good. So we're going to see how this goes. Yeah. Uh, it's a bit of a, a shot in the dark for us, really, in terms of the technology, isn't it? And, and hopefully yeah. it all works well, Matt, and, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you for having me on. Perfect. So, yeah. And let's jump into the action. Ollie Norburn into the last 20 minutes, turn 1 0 up, and they have this corner. Norburn takes it towards the ball, and it's there! Turn and up! So the result on the weekend was um, Shrewsbury 1, um, Scunthorpe 1. Mm. Um, Scunthorpe scored their goal in the first half. Shrewsbury got their goal in the second half. Um, attendance was um, 6,400. Um, coming into the game, um, Scunthorpe had lost to AFC Wimbledon after the second game, after they sacked their manager for the second time of the season. Um, so they haven't filled that um, that void yet. Um, and Salop obviously came into the game after winning away at Southend. Um, so the team was a surprise, in a sense, for Sam Ricketts, that he didn't actually change the team. <laughs> Um, and there was a little bit of concern about Norburn in the week um, that he didn't train but he was fit enough to play and he seemed fine in this game and after the game Ricketts reported that there was no injury so the team was um, the same um, 3-4-3 formation that we played at South End so we had Mitchell in goal um, Williams, Waterfall, Beckles Bolton, um, right wing back Goldburn, left wing back Grant and Norburn in the middle with Doherty and Warburn being busy bees around Okinabiri um, so, Matt, what was your kind of thoughts when you saw the team selection? Uh, I, I was surprised when Norburn was included in the starting eleven. I would have thought uh, Laurent uh, would have been in the starting eleven, given obviously Ricketts' interview in the week saying mm. about Norburn being injured. And I was surprised, to be honest, that Goldburn um, started. To be honest, I, I'm surprised. I, I, I get why he's playing Goldburn above Haynes. Uh, probably because of the experience, but me personally, I'd rather see Haynes playing at left wing back. Interesting. Uh, they're a bit, they're a bit uh, much of much, aren't they? But we, we've talked about this in the podcast before, which you probably heard too, if you listen. In terms of one's got a, a weakness defensively, and one's got a weakness in in the attacking sense, I suppose. And to me, it always feels like Ricketts is much more of a guy that's want to kind of keep the ball out the net um, before he wonders about how attacking his, his defenders will be in terms of a wing back. So uh, it's a bit of a fifty fifty toss up for most people, I think, in terms of whether we play Haynes or Goldborn. But you know, we'll come to it. I didn't think Goldborn had the worst game on Saturday, in all fairness, and probably was worth his start in in, in my view, to be honest, Ollie. 
Yeah, I think he had a good game, and I think in the last few games his fitness levels have gone yeah, up definitely. to kind of um, League One pace. So I can understand the kind of call for Haynes because he is a bit more attacking. But I, I would definitely go on Goldburn. I'd say that the way we play actually was quite. I thought he was fairly decent going forward at times on Saturday. And for me, I think it'd be goal on every time. And obviously, we rely on other players to try and be that magic in the box. Um, and it's fair to say that while this game was frustrating, <laughs> I mean, it was definitely one of those games for me where you watch it back um, and there's a lot more chance than you kind of remember. Um, I think the game for me was spoiled a little bit and kind of the emotion of Scunthorpe's shithousery um, had quite a kind of influence on your kind of the view of the game. Uh, yeah, I think, you're probably right there, Ollie, in all, in all fairness. I mean, on, on the day, I was getting very frustrated watching it, whether it be there at Histrionics, or, to be honest with you, I was getting just as frustrated with our problems with finishing or finding a final ball or crossing. A lot of yeah. that was frustrating as well. Um, however, you know, 24 hours later, looking at what's happened, and, and we're going to come to all of that in terms of our league position and what else happened, you kind of have to look at it as a reasonable point in the end. But there was certainly more on offer, which we'll run through. You know, it was, there was definitely a chance to win it there, and... Um, yeah, in terms of my, my thoughts on the team, yeah, I, I, you guys just covered it there. But in terms of the general thing, I, it's interesting. I, I funny made a joke last week, Denali, saying that during our meeting with Sam Ricketts, basically the consensus around the table was we don't like rotation, stop rotating it. And it seems to have stopped since then, Ollie. And you poo-pooed my idea that maybe that had an influence. But, you know, people are starting to talk about it, Ollie, and say that maybe, you know, the, the focus group has saved the season. So, um, <laughs> I don't think so. I'll take special credit <laughs> for talking about that specifically. You did. You really, you really went hard on him, to be fair. And um, I think, you know, we, we talk about rotation, but it is... It is interesting. I mean, we've we've looked more settled in the last few games, um, and it, and and you know there is there is a clear indication there that a settled team gels together better. And the performance was all right on Saturday, wasn't it? You know, we we kept missing chances and couldn't quite convert them, and that was frustrating. But having a more settled team seems to much it seems to be standing us in a better stead in this relegation run. And then say Scunthorpe, who went into the game making four or five changes, and they seem completely disjointed at a lot of the game. Yeah, definitely, definitely, I definitely agree with that. Would um, would you agree, uh, Matt, that you think in the last few games we've been a bit more consistent? Uh, yeah, I think the the last two or three games we've the performances have definitely improved. Mm. Uh, so and yeah, like, like in terms of obviously Scunthorpe and as you put it, Ollie, that shithousery. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was just completely. You know, the the first half, which obviously we're, we're going to get to, but I just they they obviously they, they've got to go for it. Obviously, with the predicament they're in, but. Again, they were just, you know, every little um, tactic just to try and waste time and, you know, just try and nick a goal. You know, obviously, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just annoying. Yeah, it was a frustrating game, wasn't it? And I think it's a definitely a game that where we had a lot more chances and watching it back um, in, in prep for the pod, um, as I tweeted out, I was, I was quite su- not surpri- surprised, maybe a little bit surprised, about the clear number of chances we had. Mm. And for me, Norburn was excellent in this game. I have a bit of a joke with Phil who sits next to me who doesn't quite rate Norburn. Um, and I thought he was amazing. he was fantastic in the last home game. Obviously, yeah, he was key. Well, he wasn't key actually, was he? At some south end, he went off injured, but he was key for me in this game. Um, and it all kind of like one of the kind of the themes of the game was for me good through balls from Norburn. And the first one opportunity of the game came from when he found Doherty run into the box. Really good saver by the keeper and went out for a corner. Which was a, which was a really good opportunity and was a kind of a, was going to be a bit of a theme of the first half. Yeah, I, I I remember that you know early doors thinking oh he's in here and he hit it down low at the keeper's legs didn't he and we cut them through them with such ease I thought I got I went into this game I don't know about you two 
pretty confident that we'd win. You know, I, I don't normally yeah. go into games thinking that, but with the win last week and how bad Scunthorpe were, I, I couldn't see anything but a town win, which, you know, once again proves that we know nothing about football, I suppose. But um, yeah, I was, so I was, I was confident, but when, when we had that early chance, it kind of re- retained that confidence. The crowd were quite up for it, weren't we? And, you know, it, it, the crowd were, was definitely backing them to go and get that early goal. And I think if we'd got one, we probably would have steamrolled them. But we just, you know, it, that was one of the sorts of chances we were creating that we just couldn't quite tuck away. Yeah, definitely. I actually put a bet on for Shrewsbury to win and Tiger Roll to win the Grand Oh, there you game. go. Uh, so shoot your turn, let me down there. <laughs> oh well, there you go. Um, but yeah, so that was it. And I say we did keep creating other chances, didn't we? As the half went on, there was yeah. like a, um, and there, yeah, there was the chance where uh, Norburn played a long pass to Goldborn, which sort of scared a few. Um, he played it onto Grant to Norburn, who then did a sweet ball through to Fay, um, but he just didn't react quickly enough for the pass, and the defender came across and made a really good last tackle, which was interesting because I saw you putting something on Twitter, really, Ollie, about chances, saying although you watched the game back and we created a lot of chances in terms of testing the goalkeeper or shooting over there were a lot of those nearly moments as well weren't they which, which you were saying don't get caught, caught carried in the xg stats but are almost chances yeah i didn't have shots which is really frustrating actually i thought you know i think Faye's had a fantastic season but i don't know what you guys think for me he didn't have one of his best games and i think if he'd been on it there he would have been on it quick enough and had a shot which has been one of his trademarks of taking shots quite quickly yep. i mean he didn't seem to he didn't seem to expect that ball from from norburn um, which shows maybe I guess the team are still learning to get to know each other, which is a bit frustrating given we are now in April. Um, but yeah, that was a really good opportunity. Did you think um, Faye was going to score at that point, Matt? Um, yeah, like you say, he, to be honest, he looks quite low on confidence at the moment. Um, even though obviously he had a, a, took the good goal last week at South End. He hasn't been performing at home, has no. he? No, no. A lot of people have been saying that, in fairness, Matt. I've seen a lot of people saying it. And it in one of those things where, when, when I sort of see, saw how the first half was evolving, I thought, oh, this, maybe this was a game for Campbell. Do you know what I mean? You know, rested, pretty much not played the last few weeks and clearly talented. And obviously, he had a big impact when he came on for me in the second half. And yeah, you, you do think whether the whole thing about Faye needing resting that Ricketts was going on about because of the pre-season fitness issues and it being his first full season in the league... It, to me, he's looking a little bit jaded at times, but you can't question his work rate. He does try hard and he doesn't stop in games, but maybe he's just that yard a pace off here and there or just a second slower sometimes. But he's still still doing well enough to keep keep you know playing regular games. But um, maybe this was one of those ones where he could have actually rested him and it might have been the benefit to the team. But, you know, as a, man- as a manager, you're always going to get criticism. Yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I think Kyle Campbell might have been probably maybe the better choice in this mm. one, but FK Faye was um, quite good at his shot to go away at South yeah. End. Um, and yeah, there was quite a lot of more chances in this half. So um, there was a long-range pass from Norburn up to Goldburn. Didn't quite make his man, but cleared and collected by Grant, who's then fouled. Doc took the free kick, um, which he kind of put a bit of whip on, and it just went straight to the keeper, which is a bit of a, a bit of a, sh- a shame. And then, and now we get to about twenty-two minutes into the game, um, and yeah, it um, it wasn't the best. So basically, a throw-in um, from Scunthorpe, one of their few attacks into our half. The take the throw-in comes back, comes back to the man. He whips the ball into the box, and this was a really odd one. In real time, I'd be interested to see, get your thoughts on who you thought actually scored. Um, but I've watched this in slow-mo. I just realised that um, iPhone has a slow-mo option, and I can't see how what happened. Either Waterford just got fouled and kind of nudged out of the way, or he just kind of lost track of the ball because the ball kind of goes behind him from where you're watching the camera in the West End. And then the player just kind of heads it into the back of the net and definitely wasn't offside. But no. yeah, it was a bit of a bit of an odd one. And yeah, to you guys, both of you, did, who did you, did you think that was an own goal? And what did you make of the goal conceded? I mean, for, I'll start. I mean, for me, it, 
it looked like it was an own goal uh, from from Waterfall, to be honest with you. And I know that the, the striker's claiming it, so maybe he did get the last touch. But to me, it was just rank bad defending. You know, he's supposed to be our big central defender, the strong man, the captain material, the one who will head everything and put his body on the line. And he does that in a lot of games. And then occasionally you'll get done qu- quite easily like that in a headed situation. It's quite unlike him, in all honesty, having watched him the last few weeks. So it was pretty surprising to see him lose like that. I mean, he often complains about getting fouled whenever he doesn't win a header. So I'm not entirely sure he was fouled. And watching it back today... Didn't look like a foul to me. I just think he was just not strong enough in a, in a key situation, and unfortunately, it was in in a League Two relegation battle. Sorry, League One relegation battle. Um, you know that first goal was always important, and there's going to be a bit of scrutiny on him, unfortunately, for that. I don't know if you saw it any differently, Matt, from obviously being a lot closer to it behind the goal than Block Nine. Uh, yeah, from my angle, it looked um, obviously their striker definitely got the last touch on it. Okay. Um. So, but obviously, like like, like you said, what uh, Waterfall just got. Yeah, the wrong side of his man, and um, obviously he got on, put his hands on his shoulders, which I think the whole crowd were looking for a foul on Waterfall, to be honest. Uh, and obviously he a uh, good, powerful header. You know, a bit uh, tough on Mitchell really because the ball came at him at such speed. Uh, he was unlucky not to get a hand on it really. Okay, yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know if you agree, you agree with that, Ollie, but um, it certainly wasn't a great goal to concede, was it, mate? In terms of where town were heading at that moment in time, in terms of us having probably dominated that opening section, Ollie, but obviously falling yeah, one nil behind. It was a run of play, wasn't it? It was a bit of a sucker punch. Um, you know, they'd had a, a corner and about it really, in the in, up to that point. Um, and that was it for them in terms of chances for the rest of the half. They, 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 sorry, I'll just interrupt. They had had a couple of other chances, though. I mean, if you looked again, you look at the XG stats that you put up, they, they were creating chances yeah. like we were. And But there were trading chances from set yes, pieces. Yes, they definitely were. I agree. It was it was a different, it wasn't open play. But it gave us off, yeah. it gave me personally my first chance of watching Mitchell, um, which is something I wanted to cover, really, in terms of in terms of watching him. And I thought he was quite impressive, Ollie, you know, in terms of what he was asked to do. He came out and sort of maybe claimed a couple of chances, but his kicking was pretty good, I thought, you know. Yeah, I was going to mention his Go kicking. On, yeah. Every time it was clearly the out ball was to Bolton yes. um, and he was hitting him virtually every single time. And for me, that was a marked improvement in, in terms of distribution as having Mitchell um, and, and the defence seemed quite comfortable with him as well. Don't know. They don't seem, um, you know, um, kind of, you know, unassured with him. They feel very much there's a lot of confidence in him. So that was positive. Yeah, it was good. It was good. I was, I was impressed with him and, um, you know, taking that opportunity to start a few games now at the end of the season. He, you know, if Arnold gets fit again, I, I suspect we might just stick with Mitchell. Really, it's hard to tell what we'll do. But kid didn't do anything wrong on Saturday, and it, and it was worth another go. Really, and um, so that was interesting. But yeah, they, they say it was a it was a chance at either end, but it wasn't it wasn't what you call an open game. You, you know what I mean? We no. were we were kind of creating as much as we could. And the chances we had were really good chances as well. That's worth just adding. Um, and we still had a few more chances. There was a corner where we headed wide. Then there was a Grant cross and Cray and Faye couldn't react to the bouncing ball in the box. Yep. Um, and then Goldburn had a shot blocked. And then Worley had a shot across the box as well. Um, and then Bolton had a shot with a really good block, which was a fantastic opportunity. I thought he was going to score there. Um, and then Beckles had a corner um, cleared off the <sighs> line. So we created so many chances and, you know, almost, I don't know whether it was just because the way the game was going, I, sh- I struggled to remember all these games in real time and, you know, we could easily have been winning that game 3-0 at half time or 3-1 obviously after conceding the goal and, you know, we definitely should have been leading. Yeah, it was frustrating to be behind at half time to be fair. One of the things I, I think about Beckles is, man, he, he does have a lot of headed chances from corners and free kicks in games. He had, he had at least three reasonably good chances on Saturday and didn't do enough with any of them, particularly one of the last ones in the second half, which you've probably got on the list, but he just headed weekly over really, which was which was probably the best chance of the three and 
and um, yeah, it was just just one of those ones, wasn't it? Like we had a it was a game at home a few weeks back where it was like, oh, it wasn't our day. We played well, but it wasn't our day. Felt a little bit like that again, but more to do with our finishing rather than the quality of the opposition. I think you know we we lost the two points rather than you know they took them yeah. away from us in my in my opinion but we'll yeah. see how that develops and the other half goes on but in general you know I'll throw it back to Matt really I suppose and just say you know it was it was an encouraging first half even though we were behind wasn't it yeah um I, well, the crowd obviously didn't get on their back you know I thought overall first half was a a, a decent performance and obviously once we uh, covered the second half it yeah I thought we looked even better to be honest and obviously uh, some of the substitutions that Ricketts made completely changed the game. So yeah, that's it's fair. I say just being behind at half time felt very harsh, and um, yeah, it was a bit a bit annoying really. I had a terrible cough and cold, which I'm doing well to keep in now during this podcast record, Ollie. So I just sat quietly on my chair contemplating uh, a relegation battle again, but um, <laughs> hoping we could get out of it. Um, but yeah, so it was kind of on into the second half then. And I was still I was still kind of like hoping that you know there was a it was a fairly good chance that. We could we could get back in the game, you know. You'd watch that first half, and you you thought that we had the quality and and the ability to get back into it if Doherty and Norburn kept you know charging on and backing him up, and Wally was playing okay, I think, and that was quite helpful. And and I was I was pretty I was I wasn't down Ollie at half time. I was frustrated, but I, I still felt there was a lot in that game. Yeah, I thought we definitely were going to create chances. I felt a bit just, just a bit frustrated to be on one nil down, but. Yeah, I had confidence that we were going to potentially try and get something from the game. Obviously, as the game kind of went on, I started to get less and less confident. Mm. Um, I thought my bet was definitely not going to come through. But um, yeah, um, we we did all right, and I thought we thought we did okay. But for me, the the big change, um, which I think Matt might agree with, is when Holloway came on. Yeah, definitely. I thought the uh, the game changed when uh, he came on. I think it was for uh, Bolton. I think. Yeah, 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 did, yeah, yeah. for Bolton. Um, so, but I, I thought to be honest, the first half we were just lacking that physical presence up top, um, and especially the first half we were trying to um, obviously cross the ball into the box, and obviously Fag isn't the sort of target man you want in the box. You know, whereas Holloway, you know, he's got that presence to you know bully defenders and try and uh, knock the ball on to Fay or you know go for goal himself. Yeah, it was a good point, actually. We were getting a lot of crosses into the box. Um, we were getting to quite good opportunities. And again, it's just like someone I put on um, on Twitter, you know, not taking off opportunities and we weren't very good in the final third. And someone says, you've been saying that every single week since August, um, which has kind of been the case. Um, and technically... It has been a bit of a frustration. And technically, after the substitution, we still didn't take our chances, Ollie, because when we get to the goal, no. <laughs> we didn't actually score it. No, we didn't. <laughs> so we'll come to that. We were better, though. We, I think it's fair to say that we were a bit more of a threat. I mean, I'd, um, and he, I, don't, I don't particularly rate Holloway, and he won't score us the goals to get us out of the division, but you can't really argue with the, the impact he had in the game. I mean, we brought him on after 65 minutes. You've got to give Ricketts some credit for making that sub. I think there was an argument for yep. potentially doing it at half-time because we were losing 1-0 in, a, in a, what was a, a must-not-lose game at home, I suppose. But, yeah, left it 10 minutes or so and you couldn't really be critical of that and then I, I also think that we, everyone's looked at the impact of, uh, Holloway made I think you know another 10 minutes later he brought on Campbell and that also slightly changed the complexion of the game his pace certainly helped as well um, to, to bring another sort of dimension to our attack and play so in terms of the two substitutions for me in the game um, uh, you know you can't really criticise um, Ricketts he certainly went for it you know we had numerous strikers on at the end trying to get the win as well so all in all I think tactically he, he kind of got the second half right for me and yeah. unlucky not to get that second goal yeah and some people were criticising him for not for not changing the formation after Southend but when it worked so well at Southend he'd be criticised for changing it um, 
obviously the hindsight is a wonderful thing knowing that it didn't quite work in this game but you know I think he did the right thing in terms of sticking sticking with the same team it just didn't seem to work and there's been a lot of criticism of the manager actually um, after this game and it's interesting how Bex came to the game with me and she, <laughs> she, did, saying, say, she, she did say to me at the end Ollie why <laughs> <laughs> yeah she said she, she, well, she normally comes at the start and the end of the season she's still a bit annoyed at the end of the game it started to get cold um, but she said that she was a bit surprised people were criticising Ricketts because you thought he had, didn't really do too much wrong and I think there has been a lot I think I don't know whether it's just modern fans and the day-to-day but I think sometimes there's a lot a bit too much criticism goes to the manager and for me you know he he said he created a setup he's trained the players they put themselves into opportunities and they didn't take those chances yeah I don't know what you what Matt you think do you think the Ricketts can be blamed for the poor performance of the players in this game no I I, I personally think it's 50-50 obviously it's down to to him to pick the players uh, but when it comes to uh, the situations and what goes on on the pitch, then obviously it's down to the players to you know sort it out amongst themselves and to you know have a go for put the ball in the back yeah, of the net. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, what do you think about that, Glenn? That point. I think Glenn? it's interesting. I mean, you can't you know for us to sort of continually say we'd like to see a settled team. You know, we'd like to see the settled team all the time. You're going to have to by proxy see a settled formation, aren't you? You can't have the same team every week and play different formations. That probably isn't going to happen because you'd have to naturally change the team around to fit people into different positions. So if we're going to have a consistent team, which I like and I've in, I've liked over the last few weeks, I mean, I'm, I'm happier with that, then I'm, I'm happy with him to keep playing the same tactic. But fundamentally, it's quite a, a, a times a negative tactic and a no-lose no tactic, I still think, because we don't quite have that flair and attacking pro-ass with the wing-backs. And so we've we just got to take that on the chin, really. If we're going to sneak wins, you know, and, and you know, or, or sneak points in tight games, that's fine. You know, that'll keep us up this season. If it does the job, that's all we can really ask for. But I, d- I don't expect that if our striking unit is off a little bit, you know, their radar's off a little bit like Saturday, then we might come unstuck against bigger teams. But for me, I, c- I can't really be too critical at Ricketts this week, um, purely because the players kind of let him down in terms of their finishing. Everything else was pretty much there. Yeah, and I think it's also as well as that we are in a relegation fight, aren't we? Yep. So I think getting that clean sheet at least gets you potential. Well, if you get a clean sheet, you'll get at least a point, um, which po- might possibly be enough um, as we go on. But yeah, that's an interesting discussion. Um, and the chances kind of stay, car- carried on. Um, there was a, a really good cross from Worley and a header from Holloway downward, which wasn't the best header in the world. Um, down at <laughs> the rent, there was a really good opportunity for Scunthorpe up. Um, and an absolutely excellent save by Mitchell. That was probably his highlight of the game. Yeah, great save. Yeah, it was good. I was, I was, I was impressed with him in general. You couldn't really be too critical of him for a home debut, could you, in terms of uh, starting no. for a game? And, um, you know, there's been a few players we haven't really mentioned so far, but, you know, Wally had one of those sort of industrious games where he kind of threatened a little bit, but never quite looked like he was actually going to do all that much in terms of, of, of troubling the score sheet. But um, he was quite industrious, wasn't he? Yeah, no, I thought he had a good game. Um, and then yeah, then Wally was kind of then kind of going centre stage. I don't think he had that. Much. I thought he had quite a quiet first half actually, um, but second half he was definitely more in goal, engaged across another corner. And this is that header that you were talking about, yeah. where Bettles headed over. Really frustrating. Did, um, this was in front of you. Um, was this in there? Yeah, this yeah, was, was in front of you, Matt. Um, did you think this maybe might have been a goal? Yeah, uh, I, I think yeah, Beckles definitely should have done a lot better with that. Uh, to mm. be honest, uh, uh, to be honest, you know, for a big lad, you know, he's you know he's got good stature about him. Um, 
I'm surprised he doesn't score more headers, to be honest, yeah, in the box. Yeah, he scored a few yeah, last year, didn't he? But he's hardly hardly scored that many this year, to be fair. But um, yeah. considering he's, he's been one of the more mainstay defenders, hasn't he? Whether he played a bit of left-back or centre-back now, he was only at the team for a few weeks, wasn't he, in that middle period under Askey, I think, if, I, if my memory serves me right. And yeah. yeah, obviously with Waterfall getting six, seven now, is it? I can't quite remember how many he's got. You know, you'd think Beckles would be trying to chase him down, but he's, he's not quite on it in terms of finishing this season. He's just see, Beckles has not had a terrible season for me. I, I'll still maintain that. It's just he's not quite been as excellent as he was last year to get into the team of the year. But, you know, he's, oh, I don't know. I think he's made quite a lot of defensive I, errors. I don't know if you if you look at so. maybe I would maybe that's fair, but I certainly think that he's improving as this as the season goes on. Yeah, and certainly, he's definitely improving. Certainly, since being moved to centre back, he looks much less likely to make a mistake yeah. that's going to cost us a goal. And hopefully, you know, I want to see. Uh, uh, you know, we've got three good centre backs now for next year between him, Roshan, and Waterfall. If you, if you're playing in this league on the evidence of say the, the the latter half of this season so far, where they've been much more solid and you, you look at what's happened in the last two weeks you know they've gone to Southend and kept a clean sheet and, and they've not looked too troubled against Scunthorpe at home on Saturday and you know there's there's definitely signs of the defence improving for me the one the one player that stood out actually on Saturday for me that was probably the worst of the five defenders was Bolton just felt he made a few mistakes here and there and there was one chance where I think he, he, he had a couple of shots that he blazed over the bar and he just was he was solid but he just he, he kind of let himself down a few times during the game for me. Not awful, but of the five of them, I thought he was probably the worst on Saturday, which is interesting because yeah. everyone has a different... He's view. more of a centre-back, yeah. right-back, isn't yeah. he, than a wing-back. Yeah. But, it's, it's... but this part of the game, we just absolutely dominated now until the end of the match. Um, Holloway had a good flick onto Faye and then to Campbell, who fired wide. Yep. I mean, obviously, we couldn't see this from the West End that well. Was that was that quite close, Matt, or was that miles away? Uh, yeah, that was... He obviously he flicked the ball onto Campbell, and as he struck it, I think the ball was went out of play before you know it even crossed like the goal mouth. Um, yeah. So oh, okay. it, it was yeah, it was just a wild shot. I was, I was surprised he even took it on from that angle. To be honest, he doesn't like he doesn't he doesn't need an invitation to shoot, does he, Campbell? To be no, fair, he doesn't. <laughs> no, and then we come to the goal. Um, so. For me, this was really good, patient play from Shrewsbury. You know, when we had the ball, sometimes we couldn't find a gap. Yes, we did pass it along the back a few times, which can wind Shrewsbury Town fans up. But we were looking for opportunities to try and pass the ball. And we were basically shifting the ball to the left, then moving to the right to try and get Wally one-on-one with his man, which worked a few times. Um, and it worked here a bit because basically um, basically the ball goes back to um, to Waterfall. It is a long pass forward to Holloway. Who heads it down, comes back, main, basically a few bit of a bounce in that, and comes back to him. He then collects the ball, passes it out to Worley, who makes a really nice cross. They have a bit of scramble in the box. You have the goalkeeper flying out, hits the defender, hits someone else, hits the, hits their defender again, and goes into the back of the net. And we finally get that kind of lucky chance that we've been kind of been craving um, and and much deserve at this point to to get the to get the the goal that we much deserved. Yeah, I mean, we've been pushing and pushing and pushing. We'd we'd been really pushing them back for for a good extended period of time for the goal. Uh, it was funny. I was watching. Um, I think it was something called Iron Army on YouTube, which is one of the Scunthorpe fans who does a you know a live vlog thing at the matches. I was watching that this afternoon um, whilst I was sitting here coughing, um, and he was very reflective of the game from the from the Scunthorpe point of view and he was just talking about waves of pressure and how we were a better team and we were sort of pushing them back the whole time and he, he even said before we scored our goal it's only a matter of time until Shrewsbury score and I felt like that watching it as well being a Shrewsbury fan because we, we were really yeah. pushing them but still we didn't actually manage to score ourselves it was a great cross I think it was Wally wasn't it you said that was yeah, a really good was. cross and it caused all sorts of carnage and yeah Mandy Holloway and also uh, I think it was Faye or Campbell made a good run as well that took a defender out of the way um, so both of them did some good movement in the box to kind of get where they were 
But to me, it looked like Holloway should have just headed the ball home. I don't know why he was trying to poke it with his toe, but there we go. Um, and then luckily, yeah, got a deflection and bounced up over the keeper, and it was well deserved. But um, yeah, we can't really put that down to good finishing. It was just a, it was a bit of luck at the end of it. Yeah, a bit of pressure, <laughs> and the finally mistake came. Um, yeah, but I imagine there was quite wild scenes because in the um, in standing because um, say standing was full, wasn't it on Saturday? Yeah, it was a, a cracking atmosphere in the safe standing, to be fair. And uh, uh, obviously, everyone had, had brought their flags, and it had you know, that big game feel within the within the stand. And there was uh, I don't know how it came over for, uh, for you guys, but there was you know good uh, good noise coming from there. I, do you know I, my thoughts on the atmosphere are quite interesting actually because I, I think that I was reading I was reading Lewis's t- text during the game no, Lewis Cox's tweets during the game about the atmosphere and for a long period of time it was dead flat I thought in all honesty once they scored most of that first half and into the second half it got quite flat um, but obviously Lewis was tweeting it was a really good atmosphere and I think that's because you've got the safe standing area now quite close to the press area and that noise is transferring across there and it does transfer across the rest of the stadium but I certainly felt that it was a good 20 to 25 minutes where real nerves descended over the ground and there was one point where no one was really making any noise, and I and I thought that was a very ind- indicative of that that sort of worry that we've still got at the back of our mind. But I certainly think as the second half went on and we started to dominate more and we played better, the atmosphere ratcheted back up. And I think by the end of it, the whole stadium was pretty raucous. In all fairness, but impressive for the safe standing to be sold out. It really is a, a massive thing for this football club. Um, and and obviously I'll come to Matt in a minute, so I'll ask him a question about it. But you know, we've obviously got Mike and Roger Davis down for the EFL awards tonight, Raleigh, um, and they're going there to to. They've been voted as fan, EFL Fan of the Year, the two of them, for the work they did getting the, the safe standing and the myriad of other things the sports parliament worked on. So, you know, that's that's be, you know the whole safe standing thing sold out and it's still being recognised as sort of one of the sort of prestigious fan awards, really. And I hope they win it. You know, we'll pass on our congratulations if they win it um, and, our, and our thanks for everything they've done, I suppose. But um, going back to Matt, I suppose, yeah, really. It's, it's, I mean, you've, you've obviously, have you been in Block 9 sitting there or have you moved across to the safe standing? That's what I was going to ask you. Uh, well, before yeah, beforehand, before the safe standing, I at, yeah, I used to sit in block nine uh, okay. at, at the top anyway. Um, so, and obviously, when they announced, obviously the safe standing was uh, going to go in that section. Um, I thought it was a you know a great opportunity. Just give it a go for this season, you know, and see what the general atmosphere is like and uh, what the fans are like. You know, around in the area where I sit, outside so stand. And yeah, I've I've renewed my ticket for for next season, and I'm yeah, brilliant. You know, looking forward to it. That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, one of the ones that's really kind of getting that first season of it, and you know, in years to come, people will talk about that first season of Safe Standard. I think, and you'll be able to, you'll be able to say you were there. One one of the things I've noticed about Safe Standard, and I don't know if you see it from where you are, is that when it's sold out, it's it looks like people buy tickets across that whole block at the back. You know, all the blocks at the back, but there's definitely a congregation in that second block, isn't there? There's definitely more people standing in there than there technically should be. Do you not think? Yeah, maybe it does look a bit more concentrated there. Uh, but it's good. Maybe, maybe if you wouldn't turn up. But yeah, it looks fine. But it doesn't look over congested no, or anything like that. No. But um, yeah, and, and just going back on the atmosphere, we kind of are in this bit of a, a I don't know, is it a dilemma? Is it a positive or is it a negative that we've got our flans split in two areas? Um, I guess if if things are going well um, and yeah, we're doing really well, then I think maybe having two areas of singing could be positive. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Glenn. At times, the atmosphere was. I think the atmosphere was overall was quite positive. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it wasn't raucous or really loud, and I definitely think that the guys in the media will definitely get the full effect of the uh, the, the south stand, um, which you don't quite get in the rest of the stadium. No, there's de- and there's definitely a more positive supporting, not better supporters, but there's definitely a constant support thing. You know, you, with block eighteen, yeah. nineteen, you get the stuff to the opposition fans, and there was no Scunthorpe fans there, so that kind of limited that sort of interaction that we get adding to the atmosphere from that 
end as well. Um, but I don't think that the, the flatness that there was was anything to do with where the fans are in the stadium. It was more to do with the, oh God, we're going to get sucked back into trouble one nil down to Scunthorpe at home. It was, yeah, I think it was yeah. started well, yeah. but the lack of goals and football will, will influence it. Yeah, so... Mm. Yeah, so um, I guess one kind of topic maybe just to mention, um, we talked about Scunthorpe on their shithousery, but there is an opportunity for someone on the pitch to kind of make an influence on this. Um, and I was a bit <laughs> disappointed with the referee. Um, there was a couple, at least once where their players kicked the ball away and the referee just gave them a ticking off, which is a rule, so we should have been booked. There was their pathetic time-wasting consistently, and for me, they're just like quite a desperate bunch. Um, but I was just really frustrated um, with the referee, and I, I don't know, what was your view, Matt? Would you wish the referee had done a bit more to kind of cut that out? Yeah, I, th- I thought the referee should have at least um, booked, I think it was um, McMahon, their number four, uh, you know, where he you know just kept going. Was it him or was it another player there? So he got fouled, he rolled off the pitch and then he came back onto the pitch. Yeah, I don't think that's technically a, a yellow card offence. Looks I terrible though. The time wasting. Yeah, it is terrible, but you'd do it, I think, if you're, if you're struggling as well. Um, but for me, it was just the time wasting. Um, for me, that there should have been some bookings earlier on, and you know, you, it's a bit like fouls. If you let big ones go or big tackles go, you know that does encourage more. The bloody throw-ins were taking forever. That was one of the ones that someone yeah. definitely got a shit show before. The guy that jumped on the pitch, Matt, just seen it was Byron Webster. Um, and I, I would like to wish Byron Webster all the best in League Two, and I hope that he is part of a team that gets relegated because the way they approached this game was pathetic, really. And I, I can't yeah. see that getting them out of trouble. I, it's, it, I always think that it's a bit naive. You know, they, they can think, oh well, what are they one point above the relegation zone? Or maybe that's a big enough cushion for us to get a few draws here and there. And, it, you know, we've got a good home record still this season. So maybe they just considered that a draw away at Shrewsbury is not a bad result in the context. The rest of their season, I think they've got Burn at home, which they'd probably be looking to win next week. So I don't know. I, I got very angry with it on the game, you know, you know watching their bloody histrionics. And, and it, is, it is crap to watch, isn't it? And um, But it yeah. kind of worked for them, unfortunately. You can't say nearly it didn't. Worked. Yeah. yeah, nearly got them to three points. For me, like the in terms of teams we've played in the relegation fight, and while I'm not really that fan of Wickham, I have to say I really do hope Scunthorpe go down now. <laughs> um, um, and yeah, there's, there's an actual which is goes on to the next point was where there's a there's a, a, a podcast that we've got a bit of a link with where we've helped kind of when they set up and we gave them some advice and we they yeah you know, we have been tweeting them is um, Iron Brew um, Scunthorpe podcast. Um, to be fair to them, he did say um, that we deserved the win and our midfield completely bossed the game. Um, he said that we, we as in Scunthorpe, made no attempt to win the game and got lucky that you scored as late. We, and they were lucky we scored as late as we did. Yeah, that's true. If come 10 minutes early, I think we'd have nicked it. So, yeah, he was fair. And let's say the Scunthorpe fans are nice. The owners of the club think it's acceptable and, well, obviously do think it's acceptable to run the club in massive debt. It's like most owners in this league, every single week. <laughs> yeah, and obviously their players um, are not particularly, uh, I'm not particularly impressed with any of their players either. So, yeah, wish them luck for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, they're going to be in trouble. You know, we're not out of trouble still yet, really. I mean, the point in terms of everything else we'll get to in a minute. But, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to be in, in the mix up to the end of the season, you suspect, with with the games that they've got left. They've got quite a tough run in as well, if you look at it. So, yeah, yeah I'd be interested to see. I'm really interested to see what happens the rest of the season in terms of us getting ourselves out of trouble. But who actually are the four that end up going down? Because, really, I mean, the more the season goes on, the more I think that we're going to pot- probably stay up on the basis of what we've been getting up to the last few weeks. But it is more about how bad other teams are in this division because I'm still not convinced we're an overly good team and there are some no. crap crap teams in League One this year that really we, we should have got a, a higher points total than we've got this season now so yeah that's, that's for our end of season review Ollie but that's the vibe I'm starting to think about this season 
Yeah, no, definitely. And we're going to mix it up a little bit now. So we're going to go to Sam Ricketts' comments and then yeah. kind of summarise the game. Okay. Um, so he said, um, it was at least we deserved from the game. Um, we're the ones asking the questions. The whole second half were in their area. Um, the drive from the players and to keep going was good. And there was only ever one. There was only ever going to be one winner. Um, the game should have been so different if we take our chance in the first half. And he said that our performances were better than last week. Um, we're having lots of crosses in the box. I thought I brought Holloway on, um, and I always plan to end the game with those three up front: so Campbell, Holloway, and Fay. Disappointed by the limited time in play, Scunthorpe managed the game on the line, and then certainly some grey areas. Punishment <laughs> needs to be made, or it won't stop. And they had four or five injuries go down. Um, and they they have to make a stamp on the game. So I don't know what was you what was your view, Matt? Would you agree with um, Sam Ricketts comments, or did you think they were a bit off? Yeah, I, I, to be honest, I thought he got it absolutely spot on. Um, so you know, I think to be honest, if the game had gone on for another five ten minutes, I I I think we could have nicked, nicked a winner. It was frustrating how much of the game was kind of lost to their time wasting. Um, do you agree with the Sam Ricketts comments after that, Glenn? Yeah, it was it was annoying, wasn't it, to watch? And and, and it on a, I don't know. I mean, we we could still could only blame ourselves for missing the chance that we missed. You know, we didn't we didn't miss all those chances because someone was rolling around on the floor two minutes beforehand. It made the game horrible to watch at times. It made it disjointed. It probably took time out of the game, but we still had ample opportunity and time to win that game. And I, I don't five think, minutes extra. Yeah, in it, both halves. yeah, exactly. So we had that extra time, and really, we didn't do enough to win the game in terms of our finishing. And so I think in, in retrospect, as much as we were probably the better team across the ninety, you can't really say that a fair a draw wasn't a fair result on the basis that they played the game they wanted to play and they they tried their hardest to get something out of it it wasn't pretty to watch but it kind of worked for them and and I don't think it really did them any favours a point either way really it did did us more of a favour so yeah I don't know in- interesting I mean it's it's funny because Sam Ricketts when we went to meet him at that meeting was talking about the research that they'd done looking at um whether you should harangue referees or not and, and get decisions out of them. And it did feel a little bit like... And he said, no, they don't believe it is and he's not going to do it anymore, didn't he? Do you remember that, Ollie? And I, I got the feeling that maybe if he'd have been ear-bashing the assistant linesman and the referee a little bit more in this game, that he might well have got some more bookings and stuff, but maybe we made it too easy for them because none of the players really none of the players really got involved with the referee and started moaning that much. But, yeah, but we've also found, haven't we, and we've seen it in games where we have a go at the lines, the referee and the linesman and the fourth official that they actually go even more against you. Yeah. I think that happened to us in a few games. Yeah, I said that's so, I'm not really sure. Let's no. not talk about Scumford no. because they are absolutely effing awful. I... Um, so let's go on to your top three. Matt, you can go first. Uh, so, yeah, I went for uh, Worley uh, as my number one. I thought he, uh, especially the second half, I thought he uh, was you know, driving at his, at his man. I thought he got some good crosses in the box. Um, so second, I went for Norburn. Um, I thought he was... Um, to be fair, the whole game I thought he was uh, pretty decent, uh, trying to you know uh, pick a pass and you know and obviously some pretty good through balls. Uh, and for third, it was uh, a throw up between uh, Doherty and Holloway for me. Uh, but I've gone for for Doherty just um, just just because of his effort and mm. uh, you know and trying to you know try and do something and try and you know change the game a little bit. Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, you've gone for something quite similar, actually, to to Matt, Ollie, and you can come to yours in a minute. So I I went and had a look at some... I sort of went a little bit differently, really, for mine. And and 
to me, it was one of those games where no one was really exceptional. And no, no one was really that poor. So you could have thrown a blanket over most of the players, to be honest with you. A lot of them played okay. Um, so I went for Doherty rather than third. Like Matt went, I went for him for the match. I just think his drive is so vital to us. And I'm not really that surprised that our form has picked up a little bit since he came back into the team. In all honesty, I think that he plays a bigger role um, than, than we can see as, as sort of fans um so yeah I went for it and then I thought I thought about you giving it to Goldborn second place and that seems a bit strange but I've been a bit critical of him and, and, I, and I wanted to reward that improvement I've seen really in terms of our our points that we give out for a game and I thought we had a solid enough game at left back to be honest with you, you couldn't really criticize what left wing back couldn't really criticize what he did I thought he got forward well his crossing wasn't as bad as some of the other people on Saturday um and he's, he's starting to show a, a lot of that sort of experienced cool head that we need when we're sort of in dangerous situations where we're defending so thought he was okay game second place and, and I talked quite highly about Mitchell during this review as well so I gave him third place um because I thought just for a young kid home debut he's, he's had a clean sheet and conceded one which was probably a bit unlucky, I suppose, in terms of how that goal was conceded. Um, I've been quite impressed with him. So I, I just went a, went a, bit, a little bit left field, really, because you guys kind of covered the main guys. Yeah, um, I went for Norbert first. I thought he was excellent. And that's almost maybe a little one for Phil as well, just to kind of take a bit of time, <laughs> Phil, and kind of think about his, his impact on the game. I thought Norbert was excellent. Yeah, Worley, and more for his second half performance than anything else. Um, and then I went for Holloway um, third, because I thought he had a big impact on the game. But I think um, there was a lot of sixes, um, as someone put on Facebook yeah, this, week, this weekend, there's was, was a lot of sixes in their performance um, this week. I think we did better uh, maybe than that post suggested overall in the start of the game. I thought we started quite all right. But yeah, there was, just wasn't enough. And another day we would have won. Um, Shame. Cool. So three-word match reports. Um, it was quite varied and quite a lot of um, comments this week. Um, so James Davis with Holloway Game Changer. Roger Groves with some positive contributions. Will Arthur with a similar one with very good substitutions. Um, what A bit of a left-field one here. Mark Wellington said that Okanabiri is shit. Um, we'll come to that in Weird. a second. Martin Dudley, not very pretty, but... And Kieran Phillips as a ref was terrible. Yeah, I mean, that's a bit harsh and fair at fair. He scored a really important goal for us last week and you can't really doubt his work rate on Saturday. Um, he just He's still going to have those games, but much like we talk about with Wally, where you know he is a League One striker, he's a, he's a League One winger. They're going to have those games where they're not quite at their best, but when they are at their best, they're going to be really difficult to play against. And Faye and, and Wally have shown that. I think there's probably quite a nice comparison between those two players at the moment. So, yeah, a bit harsh for me, that one, Ollie. Yeah, what do you think of um, um, Faye, Matt? Do you think you've been quite impressed with him overall this season? Uh, yeah, I, I think for his first season in in the EFL, uh, you know, considering obviously he, he came from Dagenham, I, I thought he's, I think he's done superb. Um, so, and obviously for him to get um, fifteen goals, you know, in his first season, uh, I, I think I think he's done fantastic. Yeah, I mean, we talked about this in the podcast last week, Ollie, but you know, another goal, and these there's only Collins and Holt have outscored him in a season since we moved to the New Meadow. So it's a pretty good record to have that, to be honest with you. And he could he could haul, you know, over he could. You know, catch Collins still really with five games to go. I think he needs to score two more goals. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up at the end of the year with his goals. But um, you, you really can't be too critical about him. So, yeah, I suppose that that leaves the game really uh, element of it, and we'll we'll, we'll move on to uh, Salop news. It was a nerve-wracking finale for the visiting fans as Luke Rogers volleyed this one home. But in the end, it was the result which preserved Carlisle United's league status. Okay, so um, looking at the league table, um, as we will do every every game until the end of the season now, um, we're 14th, um, we've still got that gap um, to the relegation zone, so you've got Bradford still on 36 points, Rochdale, Warsaw, Wimbledon, Southend, Wickham, Scunthorpe, 
Arkington, Stanley, Bristol Rovers, Plymouth, and then Shrewsbury Town. And I'd say that Oxford on 52 points are kind of pulling away. Yeah, Sealing on yeah. 48, who we've got next, uh, one obviously one point ahead of us. And then us with Plymouth have got a bit of a gap now. And then, and then, but then there's a lot of teams not far. So Wimbledon have got themselves almost out now, level on points for 43 with South End. Um, so for me, there, you know, it's going to be a lot of change, I think. Um, in terms of just kind of results, um, Ackington um, drew away at Wimbledon. Um, Doncaster beat Bradford 1-0. Um, Burton got a really good result against Barnsley, who everyone in the playoffs and up that end seemed to be making mistakes every week. Um, and then Southend got a draw at um, at Fleetwood. And other games in the relegation zones, Gillingham lost, um, Plymouth lost to Charlton, um, Rochdale lost to Sunderland, who were losing a 1-0 at one point. Yeah. Um, and then Warsaw lost 3-1 to Oxford, which obviously had ramification for their manager, and Portsmouth beat Wickham. So as the results went at the bottom of the table, they all kind of went in our favour. And just one more result before I jump over to you guys. Um, I kind of hoped that Coventry and Bristol would be a draw, because I want Coventry to fall out of the playoffs. And obviously we don't really want Bristol Rovers catching us up. So I thought a draw was a good result, and hopefully by the time we play them, their playoff streams are over. Um, and it's quite funny, a, um, a Bristol Rovers fan um, said that I was playing some 4D chess with that kind of prediction or kind of request. Um, but yeah, I don't know what you think from the weekend, um, something that any of note for you guys. I mean, my, my overall take of it is it was fantastic, wasn't it? And I think in all honesty, the way those results went, had we got three points on Saturday, we were safe. I, I think you would have said there's no way we were going to get relegated then. So just just keeps that door ajar, unfortunately. It's being marooned on 47 points rather than 49. Um, because I, I just think we would we would have been more than safe then. We would have definitely got the points for the rest of the season. So I think we still need another win. Um, and, and that'll be that, really. And, and that'll be the job done. But there's so many teams down the bottom that cannot buy a win, Ollie. Um, Walsall are unbelievably in free fall. Um, South End the same. You know, these teams have not picked up you know more than one or two wins in the last and month Scunthorpe or so. Scunthorpe yeah, as well. Scunthorpe as well. Um, so there's, and there's lots of teams. And so for me, looking at that table, Bradford are already down now. So you've only got one. You've only got three places really that we can ever get involved in in the mix up for. Um, but it, I, you know, every week you look at it, you think, oh right, it'll be those guys that go down now. And we talked about this last it week. Mixes up. Yeah, and I, I changed my mind maybe this week now. So I, I don't. I don't quite know. But um, yeah, I mean, Matt, it's interesting. I mean, the Walsall results stood out for me, Matt. I don't know about you. Uh, yeah, well, I, for for what I've been reading about Warsaw, yeah, they've been playing, you know, decent. It's just been not been, uh, you know, getting the results. Um, so, um, yeah, for for what I've been reading up on them anyway. Um, and then obviously the the, the Rochdale game, I, I was shocked whether I saw at half time they were, you know, one 0 up against Sunderland. Um, you know, because I thought, you know, they were, yeah, they they were okay against us, but obviously they weren't, mm. you know, brilliant. Um, but yeah, in terms of the table, I, I I think personally we only need probably four more points. So whether, whether obviously we can get you know the win at Gillingham uh, next week, um, and then obviously get an, uh, hopefully another win. Uh, but I, me personally, I think we only need four more points for safety. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I say that. I'd say I'm on one more win. I think 50 points will be enough. I think there's just too many teams that are just not picking points up. I and mean, you look at the run-ins, and you look at the fact some of those teams are playing each other, so they can't all get you know three points each week. It it certainly does now relieve the pressure to be you know that have that many more teams below us. But as I say, we've got to get that job done. And you you don't like to think we can go and do it at Gillingham, and, and that can be that. But it's interesting. You look at that table from 12 down, Ollie. You know, not one of those teams, including ourselves, has been a good team this year. And I think that that as I say before, that tells its tale about League One this year for me. 
Yeah, it's been poor overall, and even the teams at the top, it hasn't been as uh, no. competitive. Obviously, Luton have kind of flown away with it, but it hasn't been as competitive as we we had it last season. No. Um, obviously, this time last season, we were kind of just about chilling out, into, obviously, after the checker trade, and um, obviously, Oxford again, uh, all we've got coming up for Easter, um, and we then that we kind of then started preparing for the playoffs. But yeah, it's not, it hasn't been as good a season no. this year, and that's why half the teams are in the relegation zone. Um, and talking of not being consistent, again, we didn't do that well in the, in the predictions. No, too, po- too positive last week, Ollie, off the back of that South yeah. End win. And I went for a 2 0 win, and you went for a 3 0 win, and we obviously were both <laughs> <I know. laughs> way off on that one. So um, I think we should take in our chances, maybe. Yeah, possibly. There was, there was definitely a 2 or 3 0 win in that game, wasn't there? But it wasn't, wasn't to be. And so, yeah, we're up against another one of those teams down the bottom, third time in the row now for us, isn't it? And. Um, like South End, it's away, so potentially makes it a bit more tricky. But obviously, look what we did there. So there's there's all the reasons for us to still be positive about getting a result at um, at Gillingham. But yeah, before I do my predictions, Ollie, I thought it was just Matt. What what are your thoughts really about Gillingham coming up? What, what do you think is going to happen? Uh, I I personally think I think we're just going to nick it. I think we'll win, get a two one win. Hmm, I'm I'm feeling that to be honest with you. That's the sort of thing I was looking at. I mean. I'm going to be more pessimistic because we were too optimistic last week. I can see us getting goals. I can see it being one of those ding-dong relegation battles. And I think if we came back from there with a 2-2 draw, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. So I'm going to go for that, Ollie. Cool. I'm going to go for a one or draw. Okay. I think we'll get a point. And a point won't be that bad. Obviously, if every single team below us all win, which is probably impossible because I'm sure a lot of teams will be playing each other because there's so many in this relegation fight but yeah if a lot of teams start picking up some points I know Bristol Rovers Accrington and Scunthorpe you know, they'd get us level on points I think a point would be quite good um, away from home against Gillingham but yeah obviously I'd love a, a love a win but I think I yeah, predict yeah. a draw if we lost and you know those teams will last one we can only go down as far as 18th next week so it'd be a worry it'd be a concern but it wouldn't still wouldn't be the end of the world that's for sure um, no. and you suspect that the way it's going you know you'll still maintain at least a two point gap to the relegation zone by the look of it so yeah who knows who knows I mean I'm you know a, a point would be fine and, and if they can go there and be be tight and um, obviously gone for a 2-2 draw so they're not going to be tight but yeah if we can go there and just battle hard I think we should be able to get something out of it so um yeah, interesting times coming up. Are you? I mean, I won't be able to go to Gillingham, Ollie. I don't know about you. I'm not sure at this point in time. I'm not sure. Maybe, but it's a long trip, so I'll I'll see. Um, are you going, Matt? Uh, I'm debating it at the moment. I'm going to see <laughs> if I can get get on the train or or go on one of the coaches. I don't know yet. Yeah, Roger, Roger Groves was talking to me on uh, on and his son was talking to me on Saturday, trying to get me to go on the train next week. And I don't know, I wasn't sold on the idea. If, if, if to be honest with you, I'd have been more likely to go had we lost yesterday because it would have been much more important, and I wouldn't have wanted to miss another South End type game. But because we've got that cushion at the moment, I, I think it's another one where I can maybe plead the fifth. And I've got a lot of stuff coming up. We got some friends over next weekend, so uh, yeah, I think I better stay here. But um, it should be interesting. Good luck to everyone that goes. Hopefully, they see another South End esque win, Ollie. And um, yeah, maybe if you don't go, Glenn, we will win. Well, this is the thing. My, my run got, came back again yesterday, didn't I? And they didn't win, so it, the curse continues, unfortunately. So, yeah, I will do the best thing for this football fan base, and I won't go, and we'll get the win, and then we can all get the beach towels out and look forward to summer. So, yeah, cheers to listening. I mean, thank you for coming on, Matt, and uh, and helping us with this, uh, having a go with a third guest on Skype. It's, it seems to have worked okay so far. We'll see what happens yep. in the edit. But, um, yeah, you're more than welcome to come on again, and thanks for joining us. So, yeah, thank you for having me on. No worries. Good stuff. And, uh, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll be back next Sunday, won't we, Ollie? 
Yep, we will. Thank you guys for listening. Um, yeah, there's a lot of questions about um, end of season um, on Twitter and stuff, and I think it's a bit premature for us to start talking about next season when we're not safe yet. Um, but we'll store those questions up, and when we get to the end of season, we'll definitely start talking about you know um, squad rotation, who should we sign, who should we let go, yep. you know what we'd like to see next year. So thanks to the questions. We will get to them. Um, I just think we need to um, get this season um, sorted out first. We certainly do. All right. Okay, well, we will catch you all next week, and uh, thanks for listening. Cheers, guys. Oh,